Okay, sounds good. Run five by five in the mouth, Kegels. Okay, go. Hey, uh, Tom, do you know what a tosher is or was? Well, I know I do not. A tosher? I believe I'm about to. Yeah. Is tosher? it somebody from Tosh, New Mexico? Or Tosh Point? I can't even make a, a Tosh 2. joke. 2.0, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a Daniel Tosher, if you will. Okay. No, what is a Tosher, sir? Um, I believe you're about to let us know. I'm tangled up. Um, a Tosher Blue. in Victorian London um, um, is someone who hung out in the sewers of the city of London mm. and spent their days scavenging for tradable treasures. Okay, so like early um, early hipster, I like it. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> we call them gleaners now, and and they're middle they're middle class. Okay, this is from the the some of the worst jobs in history. I'm doing research for oh, the show oh, now. How many of these have I had? So there's okay, right? So the whipping boy, which was um, someone who would stand in for the prince when he was naughty and take mm, the prince's I whippings. D- I do that emotionally here. Okay, <laughs> I've seen you do it with women. There's a s- <laughs> don't even get me started on that <laughs> motherfucker. Let the turnabout on that one. There's a oh that's true. There's a <laughs> snake milker, which is not nearly as cool as it initially sounds. Um, you got to suck the snake's dick. It's really different <laughs> than you think. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I've seen a that. Snake yeah. snowballer. Yeah. <laughs> so when it milks them for venom, right? Right. Right. Then in the late 19th century, there were leech collectors. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, someone had to collect Dude, the, the that's like the, But you got to think that's like the hazmat of its day. Like you, you, if you don't be like collect the dirty needle collector with yeah. a, with a benefit of plastic <laughs> and gloves. Well, that's I think this one a gong farmer, which <laughs> is not someone who farms gongs. Well, but fucking amazing. Uh, how do you know that they're ripe? Let me tell you. <laughs> gong. You want that once for the sound? They fall, gong. They fall out of the tree. <laughs> how yeah, they the, fall out of the tree and go gong? Not how, good. How not the good duck was actually a CEO for. Ah, uh, what a boo! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that. Do you remember Howard the Duck? Remember the, the villain and Howard the Duck, like the old um, I never comic saw, book. I, I, know, I never read nor I never saw the film, but the old comic book. No, 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 uh, okay. no idea. Um, I remember the Gong Show. We could have made a reference there. But good true. thing we didn't. No, think of that, that would have been too obvious. And yeah. then these were night workers who did essentially the job of clearing human excrement from English's uh, England's uh, cesspools and privies. Oh, in fact, I think of a lot of the worst jobs have to do with shit. For, uh, f- well, for good reason to most of us. I understand. That would, no, <laughs> How no, dare you? No judgment. How dare no you, Tom? No judgment, sir. No. <laughs> you were sworn to secrecy. I, I still was in secrecy then, <laughs> Okay, dumbass. all right. You're the one throwing that out yourself under the bus there. Oh, well, shit. So um, I was thinking about it. Uh, Tom, what's, what's, uh, can you think of one of the worst jobs you've ever had? Oh, yeah, I can do that. Uh, God, I've had so Easily? many. Easily? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what's really funny is my default one for the longest time. Now, yeah. And I will tell you what it is, and then, I, let me, then, then I'll reflect on whether or not that is still the case. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, absolute worst. When I first got out of the Navy, I had a shit ton of uh, uh, low self-esteem. To get, I mean, uh, high right self-esteem then, to get yeah. rid of. Yeah, mm-hmm. not like now. Mm-hmm. Um, my first job out of the Navy was selling uh, for... Um, uh, completely on commission. Yeah, uh, perfume, right. off-brand perfume, door to door. I remember that. Oh, what a dog shit! That. Uh, in, yeah. in, in four months, I made maybe a hundred and twenty dollars, and 90 of that was from my dad. Oh, he bought perfume for he you. He oh, no. did. Yes, he did. Yeah, then he That's and of course immediately tossed whatever he didn't give to uh, to his girlfriend at the time. Mm. Um, oh, God. 
She was in, she was in whore juice for months, <laughs> <laughs> years and, after that. And then he gave her the perfume. Ah, ah. no, uh, yeah, that was fucking terrible, man. I was just I, there were so many things wrong with it. Like I started it off in San Jose, yeah, which isn't which holds no candle at all to my current living situation as far as Fresno, as far as hot summers, right? But I was there during the summer doing this job door to door, and I was just starting to bald. Like the first part of my the first part of my okay. my head yeah. was just. Starting to really show, and I kept. Yep. Uh, first off, I kept producting the back of my <laughs> the back, the rest of my hair with your pro- with yours with whatever. Well, I don't remember. It was like a gel or something like oh, that. Oh, you got like high a, on your own supply. I sure did. Okay. Well, no, 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 no. This wasn't perfume. I was putting product in my hair. That's, gel. that's a metaphor, Tom. I guess. Yeah. Okay. You, I'm not sure you know what that word means, bud. But anyways, in this instance, uh, but in any event, uh, and, 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 and pr- English college professor. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shocking, out. isn't it, yeah. when you think about it? Uh, <laughs> but I would continually get sunburn on the top of my head there, yeah. Uh, and then that would like combine with my uh, with what the product when it would bleed over and sweat into uh-huh. it. It was just I just just nightmare of a series of blisters on the top of my head mm. uh, during that time period. There was simply nothing to recommend it except that I was working uh, with some extraordinarily cute girls. Uh, that of course I was not emotionally capable of taking advantage of that situation at the time. So hmm. what a, it was, it was a complete. Uh, yeah, it was a fucking nightmare. Well, you threw a lot in there. Actually, the job was bad enough, and then not the heat, sense. but you're not used to heat, so it still was kind of heat. And then there's balding, and there's blisters, and then there's. And then my brother kicked me out of his apartment, and I moved in with my dad. So wait, wait, but I, I wanted to sort of fit in there the the sort of R crumb like reaction to the girls you worked with, and yep. then. And then your brother kicked you out? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's a lot there. <coughs> there That's is. a bad job. That was a <laughs> That's real terrible job. I mean, I've, yeah. had, I've had some other bad ones yeah. that still, is that the worst one? Yeah, that's it. That's the mm-hmm. worst one. I've had other bad ones, but that's definitely, I would call that the worst till yeah. this day. Okay. Well, yeah. that, this How about is... you? What did you get? Uh, I don't. I mean, I've had a lot of lame jobs, but I mean, one that it was was not fun at all was I worked um, the graveyard shift at a porn shop mm. in Los Angeles when I was oh, eighteen. Jesus Christ! All right, <laughs> that was a bummer because the, the fucking the runaway is playing in the background here. Well, it was I. I worked. They, they had you work alone mm-hmm. on the counter overnights. I'm eighteen. Did you change your name to Murray while you were there? Murray, what's the reference? Murray, I don't know. Just, just like some old dude in a Forty Second Street oh, porn shop to me with like there, a, with a was, hat and a wife beater. Oh, what do you want, kid? Well, there was a there was a payphone on my side of the counter for some reason because <laughs> you because there was no actual phone in the shop. And so if you had hold on, hold on go on, go on sorry, but well, but so the yeah, go ahead. If you had to call the cops, did you have to? Come yeah, up I did have the, to call the cops a few times actually. Which, that's um, not surprising. And, but it and it changed me for a while in, in many ways. One was, um, but but one of the things I'd have to experience would be in the middle of the night a lot of um, old disgusting men would stand in the aisles trying to jerk each other off and I would have to be the 18 year old monitor like sir <laughs> sir and and then one time Mr. Belvedere sir I lo- I got locked in the Freaks storeroom the for a couple of hours mm-hmm. I actually locked myself in a in a porn store <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and there were there were items. a mere five years before would have been I locked myself at a candy store. Well, not really. I mean, because there are things to this day I'm not even sure what they did. And then, <laughs> um, and then, and then the manager would uh, uh, 
would grope me all the time. Uh, grope my front side. Nice. That's <laughs> yeah, like the clearest sexual harassment experience I, I've ever experienced on that end of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. on any end of it. I, that sort of implies that I've been sexually harassing people. But it's, you know, I've had like yeah, vague sexual harassment, I suppose. But that, mm-hmm. that was a guy like groping my balls on a regular basis. How old were you? 18. That's just right on the cusp of molestation again there, bud. Well, it's barely legal. I could have been in the front of the one of those magazines. <laughs> barely legal, Joseph. Oh, my God. With just little tufts of hair. Yeah. Out. <laughs> so it was just kind of a, it was kind of a, a bummer job. And also, it, I was 18, so it was like all of my buddies in, in, in Los Angeles mm-hmm. were, um, you know, like had a subscription to Playboy. And like, did you see the, the most recent Playboy? And I'd be like, ugh. You know, like... <laughs> Guys, I've been at work all night. <laughs> Please yeah, stop. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, so that was a bummer. But, I mean, I've had a, a, a ton of shitty I had jobs. a friend who worked at a porn store. I think he's worked there for like 30 years or something like that. Oh, he used my it. God. Well, yeah, but his, but he, he just I, at some point you create survival mechanisms yeah. of what you think is funny. And his big thing is uh, every time a guy tries to buy something uh, that's going to go obviously up his ass, uh-huh. he tries to talk him into the next size larger. Uh, that's a friendly gesture, I feel. <laughs> I <don't, laughs> come on, buddy. You hey, what did you do wrong? On, right there. That's the one you want right there. I like it. I like a guy like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You don't get competitive with what goes up your butt. <laughs> up your butt. Oh, you doing the Eddie Murphy song? Uh, boogie in your butt. Oh, that boogie, was it. Yeah, yeah. boogie in your butt. Anyways, all of this is our Labor Day special. Happy Labor Day, everyone. Happy, happy Labor Day. Only if only God, did we, I, I wish we'd have thought to have like a recording of the International or something like that. Is that the the, the Russian, Russian national anthem? Which, but at that, our rendition sounded like a Bob Marley song. I think our rendition sounded like every other song, like every song together. It's like the color white in music. It's all songs. We try to get that song further up your butt. Oh, Lord. Anyway, so we're we're talking about a couple of films that are, I don't know, labor-friendly or examine labor or about work or something like labor, that. I think labor-friendly, absolutely. I would say yeah. uh, I would say both of these films mm-hmm. uh, are somewhere on the spectrum of propaganda relative to labor. Yeah, no question Necessarily about it. Necessarily so, particularly, particularly the one, but, but uh, both of them, really. I don't know if particularly the one, but I know, I know where you're leaning but, on but, that. But, I'm not, of... but see, I'm not sure which one I'm talking about when I say that. That's true. Could be true of everything you said in this microphone, but excellent. ever excellent. Yes, well played, sir. Put well that played. microphone further up your ass. So, and Joe is the white of people talking. So let's I'm go. the white of people talking. Uh, yeah, that's so true. Actually, continue, sir. Egregiously white. So the first film is uh, ni- the 1940 um, adaptation of John Steinbeck's The Grapes of Wrath. And in some ways, when we first started talking about doing this film, I thought uh, kind of an eye roll, like, let's let's do something that's never been done, guys. But yeah. but in a way, it's still, it needs to be talked about. There's no it's, way we're going to be able to talk about classic movies and not go over some tired old movies, of Ra- man. Well, because it's been still our done. take on it, right? Absolutely, absolutely, and there's only there are so many, and so many deserve to be classified in the classic area in the first place. Do you like uh, John Steinbeck as a writer? Uh, I, you know what, I do. I, I do too. I, I do, and great. I get where I, I'm. I'm told that it should be a guilty pleasure, and I can by who? Uh, he's considered pretty. A, 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 a lot of my li- people, my friends who are really into like you know reading and you know who are who are very literate, just are not like they. they people look down on him for some Why? reason. Why? That's nuts. That's crazy to me. Well, I don't know because he's not. I you know I, I've never been able to because 
I don't what? know. I just don't know. I honestly don't know. <laughs> I, I've heard it so many times. It's one of those. You don't things. have to here's, labor with okay, your language, here's Tom. What you, That's here's not what, part of the theme. Uh, labor. Uh, here's what I. Uh, ooh, well played, sir. Uh-huh. Uh, my I, here's here's a little bit of me. Here's uh-huh. a little slice of Tom. Oh, uh, when I when I when I really disagree with you. I don't really argue it because with me, not you. Anybody, oh, with you anybody at all? Someone, yeah. When I really just when I think somebody's completely fucking wrong about anything, or you mean like uh, aesthetic things? Most things, okay. most things. You don't argue. I'm just not into arguing about it because I like if I don't know how to stop stupid sometimes. Like somebody who who hates Don, John Steinbeck because they're not sufficiently literary or obscure enough for them that's where that's where people seem to be coming oh from is that what it is it's it's, it's he's not art he's not artsy enough he's very he is very blue collarish in his writing i think he's straightforward he's a very straightforward writer in a lot of ways uh do you mean the use of language the use itself? of language specifically yeah. i guess so i mean he's not david yeah. foster wallace or, or something right. like that right and that's what people are like well that's what literature is and they're jacking off to Guy's that. a fucking genius yeah, though man brilliant, yeah you he's, know the story I, I told you this story before but it's yeah. one of my favorite steinbeck stories you know the one i'm gonna tell yeah about the red pony but but please go ahead bore, bore the audience as well all right everyone Get ready for this boredom land everybody mayor of i got this i went to, to monterey one year and i went to the, the john steinbeck bookstore on foam street and, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a man and wife in their 80s they're probably dead at this point actually but but um, in the back room, they have a John Steinbeck like museum and lecture that they put together. And for $15, you can get the lecture, and they'll also <laughs> give you their Monterey Bay Aquarium passes. But anyway, I learned this story there, and it is this, that when John Steinbeck was living in Monterey in the late 40s, and he wrote The Red Pony, mm-hmm. um, which is not a great book. And it's not a long book, but the point still stands. He writes this manuscript. He finishes the last. What is it? Is it a? It's, a, it's, a, it's not. Do you call it a full length novel or a novella? A novella, I'd say. Yeah. Okay. And so he um, he writes this thing on a typewriter. It's of course it's the only copy, and he finishes it and he puts it aside and goes down to drink with his friend Rock uh, uh, Doc Ricketts or or something. And he's yeah. like, get a celebration. Oh, the right? guy, the guy Doc Ricketts is right now yeah, based on Doc Ricketts. Oh, is that actually this the is his name? name? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. I always yeah. thought it was. Uh, the, oh, never mind. Go on. No, okay, so so he puts he puts the manuscript aside and he does he goes somewhere like I'm fine, I'm done with it. Thank God. And he he leaves his his wife to go da- downtown. And um, later he comes back and it's gone. And this fight ensues uh, between he and his wife about you know where did you put it the where did you put it fight right. that all couples go through and, mm-hmm. and and he can't find it. I call that sex, but yeah. That was actually pretty good, Tom. <laughs> so he can't find it, and um, he goes, fuck it. I guess I'm going to have to write this goddamn novella over again. So he starts a novella over again, writes it, sends it away. It's published, of course, because he's John Steinbeck at and that point. And the Red Pony, and, we've, and most of us have read that. About a year later, he goes to move, and they're moving furniture around, and they, they move like a, a cabinet or something, and they find the original manuscript of The Red Pony. Mm-hmm. They compared the original so-called lost manuscript with the one that was published, and seven words were different. Right. right. So what does that tell you? I mean, I guess it that... tells me somebody had a lot of fucking time to go through and count words. Yeah, that's not a bad point. <laughs> but it goes back to the thing about Steinbeck, like I, you know, oh, is that well, genius? In a way, it is because I think he is widely regarded. He's so intentional. My understanding is, uh, my understanding is, uh, he is widely regarded as being. Uh, the most intelligent American author. I think. I think his IQ is. If we're going by IQ, is his, his IQ is, is enormous. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Anyways, no, I I adore John Steinbeck. I always have. Okay. So anyway, we so, so the grapes of wrath, and so I think this is one of those um, 
films. Can you say something else really quick? Yeah, please. I don't know, like all of his stuff. Some of his stuff I genuinely dislike. Can you name something? Oh, East of Eden. I hate that book. Okay. Anything it's else? just too sloppy and everywhere. I just I don't like that book very much. But that's you pretty much the one I about your sex life. Uh, no, that's sloppy and nowhere. Right. <laughs> that's sloppy and in my bedroom alone. Um, no, I can't really think of anything else. But okay. I've loved and I've read almost everything he's ever read. Okay. Yeah. All so. right. So anyway, I, I I'm gonna start off. I'm gonna go in reverse here. I'm gonna say. I think this is one of those rare cases where I think the um, the film might be better than the book. And the book is good. Sure. Mm-hmm. I can go with you on that one. I can go with you because because if, if Steinbeck suffers from anything in a book in a in a serious novel length book, it's yep. his his tendency towards digression. Okay, well so so I think I'm gonna blurt out the plot and I think I can do it really quickly. I think most, yeah. Okay, so it's it's uh, Tom Joad recently released from prison, having murdered someone uh, out uh, for good behavior four out of seven years. Um, looks to reconnect with his um, family on their farm in Oklahoma, finds that he has just made the window where they are moving from the farm as everyone is in the farmland areas of Oklahoma because the banks have foreclosed on their farms because of the Dust Bowl, because of the Great Depression, Mm -hmm. and forced to find work. All these people, including Tom Joad and his family, are going west to California, the so-called Okies and the Okie movement, to pick grapes in places like Fresno. Right. Fresno, yeah, absolutely. And it's 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 about that struggle. It's about the journey over. It's mm-hmm. about the, the, the sort of um, many forms of oppression um, that they meet in California looking for work. Yeah. Okay, so... so it's a pro-labor book. It yep. deals a lot... Oh, yeah. it, it, it's, and it's very much um, pro... The struggle of the under of the underclass, which in which in America the the class is based on finance, you know, money. It's it's the poor. Yeah, yeah, sure, but it's also sort of based on um, identity in the sense that um, even within a race, right? It's sort of like the segmented, like these are okies, right. these are like the, the the sort of beginning of like the trailer trash uh, identification or something like that. Right, 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 right. Okay. Was that the beginning? I, I guess for the purposes of our modern yep. take on it, yeah, I would say it probably is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. So so I want to sort of back up because one of the things that I like about both the book, but I think especially the adaptation, is mm-hmm. um, the way the characters are taken on. So like the way that Henry Fonda, who's not like huge in like the Joseph canon of, of Hollywood actors, he's uh-huh. sort of a, a, a bit player in a way, um, he plays Tom Joad the way Tom Joad really should be played for maximum effectiveness, which is to say um, he's righteous and he's kind of an asshole. Right. Correct, and, and I like that about him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yep. he's and he's and he and he has the he has that feel of the strong silent all yep. at the same time. Yep, he, he manages to pull that off, even though um, you know there's a certain amount of preaching or proselytizing that does come out of him at the end. Uh-huh. But throughout it, you know, he's the he's the long suffering underdog. These are the uh, things. That, sorry, know, decent but kind of a dick. So 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 we have these all these characters, and I think the film it does a better job of sort of exploring the idea. That there's a sort of duality in these characters, right? Mm-hmm. He's righteous, and at the same time, he's um, uh, an asshole, and he's angry, but he's angry for righteous reasons. So it's a sort of circle, right? Um, and and he, well, and, and and if it goes all the way back to the to the, to the prehistory of the book itself, yep. he's he he was provoked, but he did kill a guy. Yes, you know what I'm saying. So he's that that same thing carries through into the book into the movie as well. And 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 you know uh, one of his friends Casey um, who was a preacher but now is sort of a disgrace I know that's going to become a tired old trope the disgraced preacher or the preacher who has the dark side or something like the beginning of the trope. This was the beginning of the trope, right? Yeah, and so right. this guy Casey who, who who would easily kill a man um, and drinks too much and and, mm-hmm. and also has a sort of 
um, self-perception to realize that he should be an ex-preacher, that he no longer preaches the word of God because he, he, he he's not sure if he believes in it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the family who like... who And his behaviors are so out of touch with, with what the norm is supposed to be. And yet well. at the same time, you might think of him as, as one of the more godly people or mm-hmm. Christian people, I should say, mm-hmm. in the context of, of this this um, uh, movie and the family who, who looks at California as this sort of dream, you know, of course it's horrible that the bank has forced them into the situation, but Hey, we, we get to go to California where people, the, you know, the, the, the streets the are lined with grapes, right. essentially, you know, and people are in the sunshine. So they're super nice. Cause they don't have this horrible dust shit to deal with. Right? But the older you are in this family hierarchy, the harder it is to leave the shittiness of what you know, or which that, is home. Of course. And that's the human condition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah, and and it's also you know the the thing it's, it, the religious overtones are it's really an interesting book because it's really a religious book in human in humanist terms. Yeah, that's kind of a funny that's kind yeah, of absolutely. a funny thing to say. Yeah, absolutely, I'm, I'm sorry, movie as well. You know, when I when I'm ta- when I'm talking about the book, I'm also talking about the movie in the same way. Well, that's the thing about the about the movie that I think there's a kind religious going on. I think works better than the book. The book did something kind of interesting, and it and it's this: it would have little vignettes between the Jode family chapters. That's what I'm talking about. Book. Those digressions, like yeah, yeah he, he was he was fierce with those digressions. And sometimes. and and I mean, you could see what he was doing, and it was kind of cool as an idea. But um, mm-hmm. it sometimes it got a little tiring. And the movie does it like once or twice only, and yeah. I think it works a little bit um, better. Yeah. Um, but um, another thing I really like about the movie is for – it seems like with a book, you could have an easier time getting away with a subversive uh, message. The film, which is mm-hmm. you know Hollywood-produced mainstream, well, it's very, in some ways, anti-cop. Yeah. Um, which we – I mean, it should be required viewing today. Because <laughs> I got to tell you, as, yeah. we t- as we record this, Nazis are everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm feeling very – much like uh, I want to see movies where people are anti-cop and anti-system, yeah, and I'm fucking tired of it. Go ahead, sorry, that was a digression. Well, I just wanted to say this is one of the things that I loved about it was that the director yep. John Ford, yeah, John Ford. Oh, no one could be more conservative <laughs> than he. Well, but but that was okay. So this is where conservative is. It didn't always wasn't always a bad fucking word, right? It wasn't always because okay. John Ford was sufficiently he was absolutely. Uh, he was a he was a conservative man. You yeah. know, he did not necessarily espouse these principles. He didn't espouse a, an anti cop um, an anti cop stance or anything like that. But he made a movie that displayed cops as being overt authoritarian, and that he so he's the kind of conservative who is also gives a shit about a human right. Yeah. You know that 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 isn't those aren't necess- those are not exclusive. Concepts. We call that a compassionate conservative. No, we time. don't because that kind of, <laughs> nothing conservatives claim they are goes back to this. Oh, uh, well. like Teddy Roosevelt was a fucking Republican. Can you believe it? He did more to destroy trusts across the country than anybody else. Anyways. You know what's funny is a few weeks ago you were worried that if we if we made fun of Adam West or something we'd lose listeners. <laughs> Let me tell you something about old Teddy Roosevelt, sir, and his rough riding. No, but no, but, no, no, but John I mean, Ford that has that quality of that yeah. that 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 twentieth that that it's it seems to be gone right now, which is the guy who is conservative, yeah, but has that fundamental distrust of the of, of authority that I think is healthy in us. One of the things that is healthy about our society. Yeah. And- typically. Yeah, it, and it has um, some great players. It has uh, Jane Darwell, um, who's the mother. Oh, geez, what, what the hell is she? Was she not an old lady in? I, I'm a, really a fan of her in a movie called All Through the Night. Yes. Do you remember that one with mm-hmm. Humphrey Bogart? Um, the grandpa is Charles Grape, Grapewin, um, mm-hmm. who uh, you might remember from one of our favorite films, Petrified Forest. Yep. 
Yep, Grandpa, old Gramps. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I looked at him and I said, "Kid, you're not gonna shoot me." Yeah, and look, are there are there absolutely corny mo- uh, no. moments here? I mean, yeah. there's there's a labor it's, camp that's that's run by the government and therefore fair and just to everyone who stays Steinbeck. there. It's a Steinbeck movie. Yeah, and he, <laughs> Steinbeck wasn't actually a socialist, but he definitely had socialist leanings and and yep. um, humanist. And, yeah, and John Ford, the the marriage of John Ford and and John Steinbeck is to, to me a kind of a strange one, but but I like it. Yeah, absolutely, I do too. Because because not only that, because overall, let's put the poli- let's pull the politics out of our Labor Day show here for just a second, and then put it deeper in our still ass. A God, oh, where it belongs. Yep. Uh, it's still it's still John Ford. He's still yeah. a great director. Yeah, he is a great he was, director. He's never not been. Uh, to, to, I've never seen anything where I didn't go, fuck, I love Ford. I think he was uh, probably an asshole in real life. And I suspect for no reason that I can prove that his pubic hair was a disaster to look at. Mm-hmm. But his films were fucking great, man. Yeah, but he did take the time out like to make John Wayne cry a couple of times. Just... In real life? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. John Wayne is the real fucking asshole, too. <laughs> well, He's like a hateable person. Is he or not? I don't know. I mean, because you get that old guy who suddenly suddenly he's talking about his politics and you're like, Ugh. No, it's not just that. I, I heard stories about like you know the longest day, like the director apparently sort of insulted him barely mm-hmm. as a joke. And so John Wayne was on the, on the verge of, of sort of negotiating for the lead role in an ensemble cast. Everyone else did the film for like $30,000 as, as a favor oh, for yeah. like a, a historical film. And right. so John Wayne insisted on getting 10 times literally yeah. what everyone else got. Yeah. I've heard stories of him being like a real fucking um, just beat the shit out of women at, at local Hollywood bars. I don't mm-hmm. know. It just seems like he's been an asshole. But I guess who wasn't, I guess. Yeah, I know. Because at that time, well, I don't know. But but see, but, yeah. but yeah, Ford was uh, Ford was legitimately a um uh what do you call that uh, a veteran of world war i think world war 1 yeah uh and then during world war 2 he was at, at that point he was john service. ford yep no they came for his service okay. don't steal his valor bro <laughs> give me back my valor bro yes <laughs> we, okay and i just heard about this yep. anyways oh uh, <laughs> god so uh so yeah he so um the, but he was legitimately a veteran and had seen combat yep. and so like he, he during the war years, he surrounded himself with people who had that same who had those values, and he and he basically never let John Wayne under uh, forget yeah. that Wayne had never been in any kind of a combat situation, no matter how many Iwo Jima yeah. movies he was. He had been yeah, in. yeah, yeah. He was, and 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 apparently Wayne found that extremely upsetting. Because yeah, of, fuck all of them. Because because Ford, you know, because <laughs> Ford was his papa apparently. But okay, so anyway, going back to the, I, I think for for two reasons. Well, I'm giving the thumbs up to Grapes of Wrath oh, because it's yeah. a great fucking a movie, movie for yeah. all the reasons we talked about, and then also. Also, because we we're a Fresno podcast, I think it speaks to to local issues a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, and issues of of immigration and so forth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. They don't manage to get across how uh, wretched the summers are. You almost wish for a dust bowl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, okay. So this leads us to uh, the you second Labor Day in the fucking field. Are you okay? Uh, I one time I was. Well, that's the problem. Is I worked in the fields as a kid because uh, my father didn't understand that ch- we didn't have joke. to. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did. Yeah, we were poor, and I was a white kid working in the fields. And uh, I, I, when I say that, I think people think I'm lying. Oh, it's wow. like, oh, no, it's just that my dad was an idiot. <laughs> Welcome to Fat City. But one time, I, I sort of, like, uh, he would give you uh, the 13-hour day, like a half-hour break. Mm. Um, and so one time, I sort of wandered off in this field we were working in, and I saw the labor um, camp um, housing 
for for the uh, illegal immigrants. Mm-hmm. And it was I wa- I sort of peeked into this doorway, and it was thirty mattresses on a ground, mm-hmm. and one toilet, and one light bulb mm-hmm. hanging from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And also, it was very clear that like if you were an illegal immigrant, this is I'm talking like 1983 here. Um, and and you wanted a pack of cigarettes. At, it meant that the the boss man would go into town and get them for you, and it would be eight dollars, right? Because you were afraid to go into town. It was right. just it's just ah. Oh, I knew then when I was twelve how horrible and injustice. You see it the was. Gilligan bike out back where they made the where they powered the light bulb from. Oh god, do I have stories of white asshole bosses? Ugh. Oh god, we were picking grapes with with. <laughs> I, I do too, but they're in like an air place with air conditioning. Yeah, right. Sorry, so I'm talking in the in in, in the context of, of mm. immigration and mm-hmm. and so called illegal immigration. But we we were picking grapes with a bunch of immigrants, and we took our like 15 minute break. And grape picking is off the heat and like the sweet smell of raisins in like 110 degree. Uh. And we're taking this 15 minute break, and it was like 14 minutes and 30 seconds. So the white boss man came over and said, on delay, everyone, on delay, back to work. And you could just see all these workers like, I'm going to kill you someday, gringo, you fuckface. Anyway, you make a nice hat yeah. on, on delay, sir. So this leads to, this leads to our second um, film for Labor Day, and that is 1954's Salt, Salt of, the Earth. of the Earth. And I, I actually, in preparation for this, which was we don't do much prep, but but I, I had recommended it to you, Tom, because you'd never seen it before, am I yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, never um, seen it. I, I misspoke and said that this was a film that was written, directed, produced, and acted by some, uh, in terms of actors, people who'd been blacklisted. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they went down to Mexico, filmed it in Mexico, and set it in New Mexico, but it was actually filmed and in, set in New Mexico. Right. And my understanding is that not everyone in the movie was blacklisted right. before the movie. But, but afterwards, but afterwards <laughs> it almost certainly were. It was actually the only film that was officially blacklisted. It was called uh, a, a, a direct propagandist tool of the of the Soviet Union. Well, by it's, Congress. <laughs> okay, excellent, excellent. I would say uh, it's hard to argue that it's not a direct and and uh, oh, shameless yeah. propaganda movie by sure. any stretch. I don't know if it's communist. I'm I'm, I'm not buying that necessarily. No. no. Um, but it's definitely a labor propaganda movie, top to bottom. Although, I mean, we could bring up some things that would suggest it's it's a little bit more than than pro union. But we could talk about that. But 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 the but the, the the setting or the crux of the problem is basically this: you have. Um, uh, well, go ahead, please. Well, okay, because here's a funny thing: I found out like three quarters of the way through this movie is as much as it's pro union and pro labor, it's also a feminist movie. Well, well, yes, it's a lot of those things too. Let's talk about that, and yeah, it's a yeah. film about race, certainly, uh-huh. which is kind of interesting. Actually, I'll, I'll say this now: I think it's one of those things that happens when when people are marginalized. And I want to be careful how I say this because I, I don't want to suggest that it's a good thing to be marginalized. Go ahead, Tom. Mm-hmm. I can see you. All right, um, and that is that when you are put to the side and ignored and 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 put out of the mainstream, it gives you a certain amount of freedom to talk about more things. Right. And and so I think that's what happens here. Uh, you have blacklisted writers, and all of a sudden they're making a film that's not only about, you know, capitalism and unionism and work, but hey, fuck it, let's talk about and feminism and, and race and, and yeah, all, all this stuff. stuff. <laughs> so the premise is that there's a uh, uh, it's Zinktown. It's been renamed Zinktown by the, by by the, the capitalist gringos, gringos. Mm-hmm. and um, it's a mining town, right. a small sort of mining collective, basically. Mm-hmm. So the um, town is owned by the company. Is itself. owned by the company who's and, out east somewhere. Right. And everybody who lives there lives, you know, in the houses provided by the 
the shitty clapboard houses, right? Oh yeah. Okay, so and if you don't know what clapboard houses were, and I've never, and I frankly didn't know that until you just said that. Now I know what a clapboard house. It's houses that applaud when you say something funny. Nah, but they're bored. Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) You've never seen or heard one. Anyway, so um, the zinc town is populated by these miners and Mm -hmm. the families and And their families, the wives, right? Um, and it's very clear that they're they're put under dangerous conditions, as any miner is, by the way. Footnote, if you ever want to see this in a documentary style, check out Harlan County, USA. Have you seen that, Tom? No. Holy shit, that's a fucking great documentary from the oh. 70s about West Virginia coal miners. But anyway, okay. yeah. so um, anyway, so so they're put in these dangerous situations, and and mm-hmm. it's from the beginning you get these voiceovers from from one of the main characters um, in the fil- uh, film, the the wife of a miner, who talks about things like how the town was originally a Mexican town, right. and now it's named Zinc Town, and everything's just been sort of like whitewashed over by the gringo capitalists. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, it's good. No, I just want to point out, like, okay, so so here's the thing. This, the person you're talking about, she's actually the star of this movie. Yeah. But it's hard not to talk about her in the terms of her being the wife of a minor. Yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, she's the character in this movie. She and her husband, but more she than the husband. Absolutely. But but the, but that's what I'm talking about. There's the feminist angle coming in on there. Because, because again, that's perception is, that's how you're defining her. She, by the way, was... Um, and she's doing all the voiceovers for this thing. The actress, uh, who's the main character and the mm-hmm. voiceover for a film about work, unions, sex, and racism mm-hmm. was um, kicked out of the country after the release of this film. <laughs> was deported. I don't know why I'm laughing, but uh, I'm laughing because people are assholes. Uh, she, she didn't take our jobs. She took our jobs. Not anymore. Okay, go on. So anyway, I, anyway, the, the essence is that there's a, a mind collapse. Mm-hmm. Um, there's already a problem with, with workers who are barely able to, to sustain their families. And we're right. let in to these union meetings. Mm-hmm. And, and this sort of harkens back to when we, we did an episode about Peter Laurie and M. There's a brilliant move in this film in that most of the people in this film are people who are, are minors. Legitimately, and, and, yeah. Minors. And union workers mm-hmm. and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. Um and and so hence begins this sort of strike, the miners' strike against the gringo. The essence capitalism. of it is getting us to the strike. That's right. what we're going for. It's it's unsafe. It's it's less safe for the Hispanic miners than it is for the white miners. Certainly, uh, you know the conditions roll downhill, and they make it very clear that part of the dynamic of that is keeping the white miners slightly better off than the Mexican miners, yep. because that, that creates a division amongst, uh, supposedly does, which which then is nobly overcome by the presence of a union. So right. they go on strike. So And then it becomes clear, then, then there's an injunction, a, a congressional injunction against the strike, mm-hmm. which happens sometimes with like, like airline workers and so forth when it's seen right. as like a necessary... The, the um, industry is sufficiently necessary for the safety of the country or something. Yeah, so so there's an injunction against the strike, and the men can't strike on a picket line anyway mm-hmm. because they can bring in scabs, and no one but no one wants to cross a picket line. So th- so the women um, come up with a solution, which is to say, we'll strike in your place. Right. So there'll still be a strike and a picket line that no one wants to cross because legally the injunction says that only the, that the miners are not allowed to, to be on the picket line. And and there's but this, it doesn't say anybody else can't be on the picket line. So hence starts all these sort of moments about sex and gender. Which is to say that some of the men are like outraged, like that's crazy. You know, next thing you know, she's going to be marrying a parking meter and wearing my pants. But ultimately, it happens, and so you get that sort of thing where the men are like watching the babies, and and that's one of the cornier aspects is the men all of a sudden like can't make a cup of coffee on their own, (laughs) trying to newspaper uh, newspaper diaper a baby or something. But but okay, and and it's along. Speaking of that, one of the things about this film is. 
Um, it's at times poorly acted because it's not. Well, these not are not profession- profe- none of these you know are professional what? I don't actors. Give as far a as shit I can tell. because the film itself it has so much heart and it takes on this important issue that anytime you're taken out of the story and realize these are people trying to act and not acting so well, you don't care because it's still a, like a it's a passion play of life. Right, it's happening in the face of 1954 America, which is when it was made. It was made in 1954. Made in 1954. The heart of heart of McCarthyism. Right, fucking black heart of McCarthyism, right there. So all these things come up, and and they come up because it's 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 the families and the miners and the, and the union people against the government to some degree, to a greater degree against the company. But all these sort of um, f- factions start happening, right? So mm-hmm. it's like the men and the women have to sort of figure out what are what's my place as a woman in this family who wants to survive. The man, where, what do what's I his, have to what's do? What's her place as a woman? Yeah. In the family that we survive, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then also, I think, mm-hmm. between the races, for instance, there is yeah. a union representative, a white union representative, who's mm-hmm. who's like, it seems, even as a white person watching it, I'm like, this guy is a good guy. And then I realized, I'm like, what a good whitey. And it made me feel good because uh, I'm white. Right. And and they're having, this is a great scene where, but, where they're having a meeting and and... And the, the one of the main characters, the husband, the Mexican husband, is a little irritated with this white union guy. And the rest of the, his Mexican friends are like, hey, how come you're being so hard on him? And he goes, look, I know you have good intentions, the white union guy. Right. But, you know, when you came in here, you pointed at a picture on the wall and said, hey, is that his grandpa? That's Juarez, the president of Mexico. You'd think I was a, an idiotic Mexican if I pointed at a picture of George Washington and said, who's that, his grandpa? And mm-hmm. it was it was hilarious and true. Yeah, right. But and at the same time, I mean, you know, one of the things it was showing is that, you know, sort of the necessary participation of whites of goodwill in a situation like that as it, well. It's the conversation we're having now. Right. What's it mean to be an ally or to be in action or or do you just get on Facebook and say, well, what, is this my country anymore? Or like, which, <laughs> that's the kind of thing I do, by the way. And it's like, oh, by yeah. By the way, when Joe says that, he means the conversation he and I are having so, a lot of the time. And I'm hoping, God, please, if you aren't, start having this conversation. Yeah, I know. I really, I, I mean, I, it's irritating to me when I want to be entertained by something. I mean, well, first of all, why would anyone click on this if they want to be entertained? But yeah, yeah. to be entertained <laughs> by something and someone comes in with their, I, I think it's because they, they fell asleep on a, on a button. <laughs> but when people interrupt it with their important political view, I don't like it when comedians do it. But fuck, you know, at the same time, fuck you because Nazis, uh, Nazis. Nazis, because Nazis. Nazis that's yeah, why. Sorry. Period <laughs> punctuation mark. Nazis, Nazis. No, I we haven't done this in a while. Mm, yeah. <laughs> That's good Nazis. Hell, <laughs> <Well>, indeed. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I had a, just a couple of thoughts I had on this when, when yep. watching this movie, which is, I'm the Grapes of Wrath is another one that's very similar, but this is the this is one of those rare forms of entertainment that that really sort of it, it really busts down human interaction inside of a. Um, Instead of the union concept, like what you know, what what you know, how concept, you know, how the union is supposed to work by way of concept. Well, I'm just, the only can thing you I've slow ever... that down for me because I'm not sure. Human interaction within the context. Well, it's of... yeah, it's, it's it's humans being in, in being in in uh, in a in a strike in a union. Oh, you mean you can have an ideology, but you're still going to have different human beings in that ideology, right? Absolutely, okay, and yeah. how the mechanics of a strike affect a human being. Yeah. And I was reminded of the only book I've ever read that really breaks it down like that. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be further from this movie, which is I can tried it. Is it's called Last Exit to Brooklyn. 
Oh, Hubert Selby. Hubert Selby Jr. Yeah. Oh, sure. which is just a fucking it's just a bloodbath of a book. But it all breaks out, but it all starts when this guy when this guy is in a in a union on a strike and then ultimately finds out that he's gay and a cross dresser and it just goes completely life goes completely off the rails. But yeah. just but but that's what I was reminded of watching this thing. I mean, you want to talk about like this this thing uh, sort of really taking um, a bird's eye view of what a union looks like on a strike back yeah. in the good old days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Back when that was possible almost. Uh-huh. <sighs> Not like now. There's a by the way there is apparently I'm I'm sh- I'm going to say it wrong. I want to say a salt of the earth college in New Mexico. Mm. I, I, maybe or maybe it's slightly different, but it's basically it it took the ideas from this film and mm-hmm. turned it into a, and I'm holding up air quotes, I'm actually not, but a college, and it's a center in New oh. Mexico for people who are interested in, in labor-like organizations. Oh, okay, okay. So now I, had this, I had this oh, image no. of like, remember, you ever walk in, you know, like those uh, Old West shows? Yeah. Where somebody's like shooting, like somebody's in a black shirt shooting the shooting at the sheriff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be that, but it's going to be a union fight. But like reenactors? <laughs> exactly. Oh, I thought, or when I first read it, I thought it might be a university. It's like, mm, Professor Morton. <laughs> Salt, uh, salt one uh, one. <laughs> when it rains, it pours, Tommy. <laughs> when it rains, it snores. Is when it does in this one. Sorry, that was awful. Oh my god, this, <laughs> this movie was. <laughs> this movie was good. Silly, I fucking liked it. I almost well. Here's the thing. I'm I'm a little torn on this one because mm. it's I I sounds like your pants. Hmm. Not yet, but keep rubbing yourself like that. Mm. I don't even know that it's a movie. I, I'm having a hard time classifying what this movie is. It's got, it's so goddamn near documentary. It, in almost some has, senses. it has that quality. It has a quality of a documentary. I mean, it's sheerly a propaganda film. Here's what makes it not a documentary. Will Gear. We forgot to mention Grandpa Walton is in this. He who was also blacklisted, apparently. I did right. not know that. I didn't know that. Oh, wait a minute. I do remember having heard that at some point. Grandpa Walton was yeah. in this as a younger man. Yeah. Um, it's just that it's it's like almost not a movie. It's almost not it's it's so weird. Here's uh, here's a challenge. I'm gonna throw out a challenge to our listeners. I'm gonna throw it out to you too. Yeah. Watch this movie and follow it up by Wolf of Wall Street. That's interesting. Why? Because And take Quaaludes <laughs> while you're watching both. <laughs> either way. Yeah. Either way. Because it's so because the uh-uh. the union the labor cause mm-hmm. is so fucking boring by comparison. What wait the labor cause in what in, in oh in real salt life? of the earth yeah it really is because because the because the the left the liberal labor left is just not it's it's hard to be entertaining. I found it very entertaining. Did you? Well, because of the human drama that you mentioned before. I know, but I had to keep reminding myself that it wasn't. It wasn't a documentary. Oh, I get it. I get that these were real yeah. people predicting, uh, showing a real struggle. Okay, but it wasn't as entertaining as watching some crazy fuck of a cokehead, uh, you know, tear through and 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 just you know rape people of their money for millions of dollars I, in I classy actually, settings with with naked women. I actually found Wolf of Wall Street to be thirteen outrageously entertaining minutes <laughs> in, a, in a two and a half hour movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there were moments that you just want to fast forward to. And well, anyway, but I get your point. But 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 also like the ideology behind both of those movies. Also like you know what this what this is like you know uh, Salt of the Earth is showing that you know the 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 the, the struggle of the underclass. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, showing uh, meanwhile Martin Scorsese. I, I love the Wolf of Wall Street just because it's like you can watch this yeah. one of two ways. Yeah. You can watch it from the as the morally reprehensible morality tale that it actually is, uh-huh. or you could just go in there and jack off to all the naked women on the screen. I mean, that's mm. that's kind of a that's kind of a beautiful piece of entertainment in that sense. 
objectification of women. I'm not sure about that, but but I oh I, no, I'm not saying I approve of it. I oh, just, but I just other do people it. could. But yeah, no, I mean, yeah, other people do that a lot. <laughs> I do that. I mean, other people can do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, got it. No, okay, um, but uh, yeah, I, you know what? I do. I recommend it. I don't know that I. I don't know that I loved it, but I recommend watching it. How about that? You mean Salt of the Earth? Yeah, Salt of the Earth. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you liked Grapes of Wrath better? Um, as a movie, yes, I did. I think I'm I'm the opposite, but only slightly. Really interesting. Yeah. Okay. I really like Salt of the Earth a lot. Okay, cool. I, I and I liked it too, but it wasn't for me. It was more. It was more educational than entertain than entertainment. Well, and before long, we're going to be headed toward forty five minutes on this podcast, and after that, I get double time mm-hmm. thanks to your Love local podcast. Get, so, I'm wondering if we have any business. Oh, sure, we do. Absolutely. Uh, hey, everybody, welcome. Uh, join us on Finley's on Film. Uh, that's our website. Uh, we also have a Patreon page, which is, again, Finley's on Film. Please uh, get in there if you can. We could always use the help uh, as far as, you know, we need to up our infrastructure. By the way, we're, we're talking to you on borrowed microphones, people. Yep. Have some have some pity on us, damn it. Um, mm-hmm. There is that. And also, we are on iTunes. Please give us a rating. Please give leave us a comment. We'd love to hear any comments that you have on that. Um, I personally have some plans on some things I'm going to be doing as far as like trying to create polls and stuff like that on the Facebook page and try to get a little oh, more interaction out of, our com- yeah, out of our community. Yeah. yeah that's first I've heard of this. Yeah. You know, fun. Yeah. Just to see. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, is that it for business? Yeah. Is there a way to end this on a, like a labor? We should do, do you know the song, uh, working man by rush? No, but I think what we need to do is, uh, let's, let's go, let's, let's let these people have a little bit of the, uh, the international. La 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 la